tangata akuana i te whare, te tūranga, te marae, tauana. A person who is taught at home will stand on the marae. Enga iwi o te motu, kia koutou nō tā wahi, nō mai hoki mai ki te whare nei a te ahika. Ko Justin Murray aho, I'm Justin Murray. This week on Te Ahika, I'm taking in all the action from this year's second Asia-Pacific outgames with tennis players Piri Tewao, Kevin Honui and Dee Isaacs. The atmosphere and the, um, the occasion, the people are on such a high. People from uh, over 26 countries um, are visiting. And so on, on Saturday we had a pōhiri uh, at uh, Te Papa. And uh, they saw there how um, so respected uh, Tikanga Māori is. More from Piri Tewao, Dee Isaacs and Kevin Honui a little later on. There's a whakatauki, mā te huruhuru o te manu karere. This proverbial saying says that sometimes you need resource to help you out. It can refer to the fact that some projects need money. The Ngāri Muvisi Scholarship grants do just that in the education sector, and one of this year's recipients is 20-year-old Kawiti Waitford. When I first heard about it, it was, you know, you prepare a whole big, huge application, and then it's like, fingers crossed, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. And, um, yeah, I heard about it. Someone rang me up, and I was like, yeah, that's so me. We'll hear more from the young opera singer later on, where he'll also talk about one of his mentors, Dame Kiri Te Kanoa. In our archival segment, Nga Taonga Kōrero, Tūhoi scholar John Rangiho, talks about the effectiveness of kohanga reo. Kohanga reo, the rationale for it is, one, if we're going to try to retain our language, then we've got to do something about it ourselves and teach people. Two, if we're able to monitor the progress of those children which, who come in at preschool and then monitor their development through primary, intermediate, secondary, then what we're doing is putting together support groups for these children to be monitored right through. Nā reira kia koutou ngā kaiwhakarongo, koia rā te hōtaka e hariake nei. That's all coming up in this edition of Te Ahika. Te Kura Kaupapa Māori o Ngā Mukapuna in Seatoon, Wellington opened its doors in 1996. Back then it was based in Newtown. The school catered for families who wanted to further their children's education in Te Reo Māori after Kohangareo. Eventually, due to growing roll numbers, the school moved to the seaside community of Seatoon and there, against the backdrop of an idyllic Wellington harbour, it hosted its seventh Kupe Festival, a gala day, really, for the Fano. Sing along. 
this day is um, about the, the the kura that we he, that we are at. Um, yes. So this is a fantastic day for the whanau niha. Well, it is. They've been here about seven, I think, seven years, and uh, since that time till now, I think this will be the seventh uh, day they've held for the kura kopapa. And um, uh, in my speech today, I said about them educating their children in, in the both worlds so they can live in it comfortably. And so I acknowledge uh, the parents and, and the grandparents and them who, who are here today. Yeah. Do your, do your mokopuna or kids, did they come to this kura? They came to the school, the way kura pākehā, then he had a made ato ki kone. I'm here with Ana Tapiata. Kia ora, Ana. Kia ora, no, Justine. Me, 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 oh, he, he to, to, me ki to, to tsunga i konei. Oh, ko au te hea mana o te kura, uh, e hea ngā tau i konei, uh, e ono taupea e mauauana i te pōtai o te hea mana. Atu i tērei, e harama i aku tamariki ki konei uh, mō ngā tau o... Yeah, so, I've, so I've been the chairperson here for uh, six years and my children have schooled at this school for about 12 years. Uh, my daughter from the time she left Kohanga until she graduated from high school last year. So Anna, as we were walking into uh, this, this kura, it had the words uh, he wahi reo Māori tēnei. So this is a place of speaking te reo, uh, which is why you, well, you know, it's appropriate that you introduce yourself in te reo. Is, is, this is a school that's total immersion, ne? Yes, this school is uh, the only total immersion Real Māori kura in Wellington, and it's been going for 16 years now, about 16 years. And you've been chairman for <laughs> too long. <laughs> so 
So, Anna, tell me, this is the seventh Kupe festival. How did it start? Okay. Um, the school... Um, the school takes its name from one of the islands in the middle of Wellington Harbour. Now, that island is Namokopuna. The islands were named by the great Māori explorer Te Kupe. And Kupe landed in New Zealand here at Marainui Situn. And so that's why we have named this day Te Rā or Kupe, the day of Kupe. So it's relatively early, but half past ten, maybe. You've just had the opening from the from the mayor, Deputy Mayor Ian McKinnon. Thank you very much, sir. And so, what can we expect? I mean, what is the festival? The reason that we started um, Te Rā or Kupe was actually we are based in Seatoon, which is um, a largely Pākehā community. When we moved here, there was quite a lot of concern about a Māori school moving into one of the most expensive pieces of like, um, of uh, property in Wellington City. Now, because we're a Māori language school, there's not much of an opportunity for the community to actually see what we do here. And most people don't know that we are actually just a school uh, that does everything schools do in the Māori language. In saying that, in doing it in our Māori language, it's about upholding the mana of our language and our culture. So Te Rāo Kupe became the day when non-Māori speakers could come in and have a look around the school, that they could feel welcome about coming in and just seeing what we do. People are actually welcome here, but you can only speak Māori in the school. So, yeah, this was a time for non-Māori speakers to come in and share our kaupapa with us. And it's actually just grown over the years. Now we want it to be a time to celebrate Māori language. And so we have the we always have the kōhanga kids here. Um, and a time to just kind of chill back, eat, um, enjoy each other's company and spend lots of money for the kura. Yeah. And kai plays a big part. Absolutely, <laughs> as with all Māori things, you know, it just so smooths the relationship. <laughs> kia ora, ala tapia kia ora So tell me what you're doing. Uh, at the moment I'm selling, selling steam puddings. They're very nice. Large ones are 15 and the small ones are $7. And so who made them? Me and my mum. Really? Yeah. So can you share any um, trade secrets of your recipe? Uh, no fruit and no raisins. <laughs> <laughs> no fruit and no raisins. Yep. Okay, so describe what's in this basket here. Uh, mini steam puddings. Freshly made, early this morning. Are these, the ones, are these the ones with the burnt sugar? Do you burn the sugar? Nope. You don't burn the sugar. Okay, and then tell me what's, just tell me what's in here. Uh, the same as the small ones, it's bigger. <laughs> How many festivals have you been to? Um, quite a lot, actually, yeah. 
What's the purpose, do you think, of the Kupe Festival? Have a good time and a lot of feeds. <laughs> You heard there from Anatapiata, Sam Jackson and Tiafina Kaiwai Waniko the action from this year's Kupe Festival held last weekend at Te Kurukai Papamari or Ngā Mokopuna in Seatone and wasn't it cute to hear all the bubbers and especially the Waiata Māori. To find out more information about the school, check out our webpage radioNZ.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika. In his lifetime, Te Moananuiakiwa Ngarimu formed part of the 28th Māori Battalion and became a second lieutenant at just 24 years old. His bravery during battle ultimately led to his death at Tobago Gap, Tunisia, on the 27th of March, 1943. According to accounts, he was wounded twice but still carried on in the attack, dying under heavy artillery fire from the enemy. For this bravery and the way in which he inspired men under his command, he was posthumously awarded the Victoria Cross, one of the highest military honours. Months later, in 1943, his Ngāti Parau Iwi held hui to commemorate his life and bravery and to discuss how to pay honour to both his memory and that of the other soldiers of the 28th Māori Battalion. The Ngārimu VC Education Scholarships were set up, first to help out with secondary education and then, in 1971, supporting Māori study at tertiary level. Which brings us to our next kōrero. Just a few weeks ago, the awards ceremony for the Ngārimu VC Scholarships was held at Parliament. One of the recipients was 20-year-old Kawiti Waitford. Uh, ko Kawiti Waitford taku ingoa. Uh, te kau marua, te kau marua rua, te kau wakutau. Uh, no Ngāti hine, no, no te tai toke rauau, no Ngāti hine Ngāti wai, uh, ngā puhi whānui. The Ngāri Movisi Scholarships is all about, I suppose one component is to celebrate Māori in education and higher learning. You must have been wrapped to be a recipient. Oh, itaku when I first heard about it, it was, you know, you prepare a whole big, huge application and then it's like, fingers crossed, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. And, um, yeah, I heard about it. Someone rang me up and I was like, Yeah, that's so mean! Um, and yeah, just when my whanau heard too, because it's such, it alleviates so much of that, you know, the financial burden and pretty, pretty much sus day for, um, for your, your ara, your path through uni. Um, and just a big mihi to the foundation of the kaupapa as well. The kaupapa is amazing. And um, yeah. Kawiti, you're currently studying in at uh, Te Whariwaranga or Otakau, ki uh, Te Waipaunamu, South Island. Tell us about what you're studying. Uh, I'm currently enrolled at the University of Otago, studying a Bachelor of Music, majoring in uh, classical voice performance, and I've changed it now to an honours, but a Bachelor of Music honours, and um, concurrent with a conjoint with a Bachelor of Arts, majoring in languages and linguistics, and... Uh, yeah, maybe minoring in something, perhaps. <laughs> Kapai. 
So, Kawiti, your your star is steadily rising within Aotearoa, and, and even in the in the opera um, network, ki, ki Tawahi Ke. Can you call it all about when you first wanted to learn opera? Is oh hey we fakari katwatata ngai Maori, and um, you know brought up doing kapaka and stuff. Is you know kapaka is the most amazing forum to develop, you know, among other things, your self-confidence as a Māori, your identity as a Māori, and your ability to stand up on stage and, you know, show the world who you are, what you got, and what you can do. So the transfer of those skills of ira pukenga and te wairua um, to opera and what I do on stage in classical singing is the same. And, you know, Takuwao Māori, it allows me to, to bring that kind of individualistic flavour tēra wairua Māori hiru tui nei tuahuatanga mahi nei mahi toi the technique of the classical singing that is the main guts of what I'm learning at the moment and my teacher um, Isabel Cunningham has been is and has been the most amazing um, you know pawako for this um, particular technique um, this she's one of the most amazing teachers uh, that uh, that are around at the Isabel moment Cunningham. Is, Isabel Cunningham and prior to Isabel I um, was nurtured and and brought up um, privately private lessons when I was from the age of about seven um, and then again at 14 to to when to when I left yeah I started at seven and then had a little break and then went back at 15 and then I finished at 18 and this is with um, Joan Kenaway who's a beautiful beautiful queer uh, who um, lives up in um, in Whangarei Glenbervy, and um, she's the heart and soul of of most of the opera things that, um, or you know, the singing, classical singing that goes on in Whangarei. Beautiful lady, and she she you know she, she taught me for free, for um, you know on on aroha, it's not for free, but she she had so much love, faith, and support in me that she you know guided me through all the early stages, and you know she always said, think of the poetry when you sing. And you know that's that's what she instilled in me, and and then she passed it over to Isabel, and um, Isabel's just you know really honing in on the, the the instrument, the voice as an instrument now, and she's just doing amazing things. And coupled with Professor Terence Dennis, who was here today, who um, who has been an inspiration and a total support for everything that's happened since in my university career so far, and he's also on the foundation, um, the Kiritakanoa Foundation, and so. Um, Kiritu Kanoa has also been an amazing help. Yeah. In the past, in the past, from October 2010 till now, has she and her foundation have put a lot of time and effort and um, funding behind me to um, allow me a huge amount of time throughout the summer, like every week, lessons with Isabel and Terence wow. to hone this technique that I'm talking about. And so, just to those four, um, Kiritu Kanoa, Joan Kenway, Isabel Cunningham, and Professor Terence, Kore Mutungamihi. 
um, you know, total mihi to them, and um, it's exciting. Probably just um, talk more about this relationship that you have with um, Kirite Kanua. You've been uh, described as one of her, her, her protégé, really. Oh, you know, whatever people call it is whatever they call it, but what she's done is um, provided a huge amount of support and afi and um, mentorship, um, you know, right down to things, jewels, pearls of wisdom that she has shared with me about you know, the experiences and what to do and what not to do and the things that'll keep me safe and the things that, you know. And she, she, she just says, you know, we, all we do is provide the guidance. It's up to you whether you choose to take it or not. And so with that in mind, it, the onus is always on, on myself. So um, at the moment, I'm, you know, I'm just taking all the advice that I can and um, following through and just putting in the mahi, that's what's going to get me far. Is like it, it's good that I realise that now. I reckon like mate mahi kaha mate. Um, when you put in the work, you know the amount you put in is what you'll reap at the end. So hopefully it'll pay off in the end. Um, now nah, she's been choice. Kia ora, the very talented Kawiti Waitford, one of the recipients of this year's Ngarimu VC scholarships. If you'd like to find out more information about this year's recipients, you can head to our webpage radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. And while you're there, why not join our Facebook page? You'll find the link on the page as well. Kohangareo or Māori language learning nests, are situated all around Aotearoa, from rural communities up north to cities down south. They may differ a little in the dialect they use, but they all share the common goal of nurturing te reo rangatira. In our archival segment coming up next, we're with Tūhoi academic and scholar John Rangiho, who talks about the purpose of kohanga reo and the parents' role in their children's learning of the language. The corridor you're about to hear was recorded during Māori Language Week in 1979. The rationale for it is, one, if we're going to try to retain our language, then we've got to do something about it ourselves and teach people. Two, if we're able to monitor the progress of those children which, who come in at preschool and then monitor their development through primary, intermediate, secondary, then what we're doing is putting together support groups for these children to be monitored right through. If that c- comes together, and it comes together in a meaningful way, then what it means is that they're not then exposed to all the things that they're exposed to right now and which has caused a lot of hassles not only for parents but for the children themselves and they're getting into problems and they're ending up in institutions. Mr Rangihau says one of the ways the support groups are growing from Te Kohangareos is through the mothers. He says they too are being educated. Because most of the mothers 90 to 99% of the mothers of those preschool children are completely devoid of language. They are the most disadvantaged people in New Zealand because they weren't given the opportunity to learn their own language and their own cultural things, right? And now they're trying to learn those things with their children. 
Mr. Rangihau says while the language nests are reviving an interest in the Maori language, they are not a separatist movement. And he says the best evidence of this is the number of Pākehā children going to Te Kohangareos. There's a lot of encouragement for the future that these Pākehā children are speaking to me in my language and speaking with one another. Do you know, it's possible, you see, that those things that are formed at the Kohangareo, if they carry through as young, as young people, seeing that they've met, they know one another and everything, there must be, surely, a lessening of the tensions that have been present in my generation and in the generations where there hasn't been that sort of communication between ourselves as people in New Zealand. Mr Rangihau says Teko Hangareo is the most exciting thing that has happened in Maoridom in the last decade. He says two years ago there were five, now there are about 300, catering for 5,000 children. Mr Rangihau says Teko Hangareo is putting into practice the philosophy of whānau. We believe that we have this feeling for people, but I just wonder sometimes whether we are now paying lip service to that belief. And if we are, then what we're trying to do with Kohangareo is to give fact to that belief that we concern ourselves about everybody else. Mr Rangihau says the work of the language nest must be supported, and that means increased funding for the growing number of te Kohangareos. Originally we chose it because Frank, my husband, uh, was appointed to be a Matua Whangai officer, which is in charge of the Maori foster care area of the social welfare and the Maori affairs department. And we felt that if we belonged uh, as a family to something like this, it would be much better than just Frank doing his job. So we decided that as a family we would get involved in and that meant that I was going along and meeting the Maori mothers and some fathers and our children would be part of this, the Maori scene with the children. How's it worked out? Well, we feel it's worked out really well. Um, we're very lucky though because Matthew has been able to go to several playgroups, including a kindergarten playgroup and the parent centre playgroup. And so this means that he has had lots of um, activity already and lots of socialising and he's certainly responding very well to learning another language. He loves it. He loves the aunties and, and um, all the things that they do, all the walks that they go on. And so Matthew, uh, I think he really has responded very well and I feel it's been a really positive move. This next kōrero is Emma Mana from a kohangareo in New Plymouth. Preschool education are beneficial to any child and I wouldn't be, well I wouldn't like to brag by saying te kohangareo is something different, which it is, um, not because of the language but because of the way that we are doing our teachings to the children which is, is a different pattern altogether. It differs, differs every day and, you, and believe me, not one kohangareo run there, kohangareo like any other, it's different. They all have their own ideas. So what are some of the activities of the New Plymouth Kohangareo? First thing in the morning, the arrival of each child is greeted with a warm hug and a round, happy hello or tēnā koe. 
And then from there we wait until most of them arrive, which is around about half past nine, and we continue with our morning lessons, which is always started with a prayer. From there we have a roll call, and then the activity from there varies, but always using te reo Māori. After an hour of such activities, which could include with action songs, poise, or exercise, jazzercise, whatever the children sort of show us, because they, they, they vary every day, the children, with their wants and needs, so we fit in to them. We don't dictate to them, but we do have a firm hold over them. And after that activity, then it's just relaxed. If the weather's nice, we're never in. We're out. There's so much outside that the child can enjoy very much. There's so much that they would like to see and be part of. And we cover a whole area on nice days. We go to beaches, we go to schools, we go to marais. Anything that the child would be exposed to in later life. What's the most important aspect of your work? Well, most importantly to me, I enjoy it very much. It is something that I have been looking for all my life and quite suddenly I have come across it. The reason why I enjoy it is because I'm working with children. It doesn't have to be Maori children. We have Pākehā and we enjoy each other's company very much. How many Pākehā and how many Maori children do you have? Well, some days the Pākehā role exceeds the Māori role and some days it's vice versa. But whatever day it is, they're always one part and wholly kōhangareo. We Makutu. We are seconded from our present job. We're teachers, trained teachers in the primary service. I'm seconded by the board to work programs of taha Māori throughout schools. So in Taranaki itself, we've only got three. No, there's not very many of you for a large number of schools, so how much teaching would each school get? The department has asked that ITMs um, visit and organise programmes in junior classes that are receiving children from Kohangareo centres. So... If a school is not likely to be receiving children from a Kohangareo centre, they're not likely to have an ITM visit them within the next couple of years at least. The whole idea of the programme is to make teachers more confident with um, Māori, spoken Māori, with um, legends, stories, uh, just generally confident in taking programs of, of Taha Māori or even being able to pronounce place names correctly. So do you have more contact with the teachers than the children? No, I work in the classroom with the teacher and with her or his, his class. We work programs of art and craft type programs, uh, spoken Māori, greetings. Are there any areas you'd like to see improved for Māori teaching? The um, improvement that I think could be made, I think it's essential, is resource material for teachers uh, and resource personnel because throughout Taranaki the majority of teachers are Pākehā and in many cases have very little Māori at all 
and in many cases, of course, they become anti-Māori programs, mainly because they don't know what's going on. And um, it needs, they need help, they need material in their schools. Well, what's the value for primary school children to learn Māori? Now, for me, it might be different for everybody else, but mainly because there are more, you have two groups within a classroom, especially in Taranaki. Invariably, it's Māori and Pākehā. And yet, I look at programs that are going on in schools where they're doing the Eskimos, the Bedouins, the Aborigines, and yet there's another group, Māori, sitting right next door, right in the same classroom, and nobody knows anything about his, um, his culture. I think it's right to teach Māori, mainly because also the streets that the kids live in invariably have Māori names, and I think those should be pronounced correctly. Um, and I think... I'm not sure about this, but I think you're a better person if you can somehow rather speak, you know, a couple of languages or be able to kōrero uh, Māori, to be able to pronounce the word correctly. Uh, I think um, you become a better person. Well, to me, if I hear a Māori word being spoken correctly by a Pākehā, my estimation of that person goes up. There are classes to suit all levels and all times of the day. The earliest class starts at 4.30 in the morning and it's at Waitara's Manukarihi Marae every weekday. And if that's a bit early for you, then there are classes later in the day at the Marae, between 4 and 6 in the afternoon. In New Plymouth, there are three classes to choose from. On Thursday afternoon, between 3.30 and 5.30, there is a class at the Education Centre on Courtney Street. On Saturday afternoon, between 2 and 4, you can attend a class at the Rangamarie Arts and Crafts Centre on Centennial Drive. And every term, there are evening Māori language classes at the Taranaki Polytechnic on Wednesday nights from 7 to 9. And for Openaki people, there's a Wednesday night class at Openaki School. So speak Māori often. Kia kaha te korero Māori. archival recording of John Rangiho, Emma Mana and We Makutu from Māori Language Week 1979. Go away, ware ware if you've missed anything on today's show, you can check out our webpage to listen again online. I'm Justin Murray and you're with Te Ahika on Radio New Zealand National. The second Asia-Pacific Out Games was held this week. It all began with a pōhiri at the Papatongariwa, the Museum of New Zealand. Hosting competitions ranged from diving to lawn bowls, with parties on Courtney Place in between. For the week, Wellington hosted some visitors from 20 different countries. And while it wasn't exactly the Australian Open, the fun and give-it-a-go attitude was on the menu at the Renoff Tennis Centre, where I met up with tennis players Kevin Honui, Piri Tewao and Dee Isaacs. So Piri, you're, you're about to play, eh? 
Uh, I, I am, yes. Where, whereabouts are you from, Puri? I'm actually living here in Wellington. Yeah, I'm a local. Yep, kapai. So what's your, uh, what's your mentality like before you hit the uh, court? Uh, well, I usually like to think about something fun. and Well, actually, I usually like to think about food. And I think if I can get off here quick, real quick, and do a good job, I can reward myself with a chocolate bar or something. Are you serious about tennis? Do you play it? I'm not a serious play- player, actually. I'm actually a social player. I've never been trained. I actually don't belong to a tennis club, but I love the game. I, I love watching it, and I love pretending I'm one of the flash players, but I'm not. Um, but for me, no. Definitely not a serious, more social player. What's your um, iwi? My iwi is Tarawa Tapuika. Perry, is this your first out games? No, I was lucky enough to actually attend the first Asia um, Pacific out games over in Melbourne in about uh, was 2008. Um, and I only did that because the, um, the, the main chairperson of the out games came and visited our kapahaka group. It was about uh, about a month away from the opening. And, of course, I, my attitude was, no, no, I'm not interested, don't care, you know, that sort of thing. But when he came and spoke to us, he came into our group and he spoke to us about it, I turned to my wife and I said, babe, can I go? And she said, of course you can go. So that's how I ended up turning up. I didn't know any of the protocols or anything. I just turned up with my one racket and my one set of shorts and had a go. OK, so you don't identify yourself as gay, bisexual, transgender? Uh, I, I, um, I don't consider myself as gay, I am, this is my wife here, Karen, uh, I am actually a transgender man. I'm probably the only trans uh, playing tennis, and probably the only one that was playing tennis uh, at the first Asia Pacific Out Games too, and I don't think these fellas here know. Well, could you just explain for our listeners, um, I mean, what, what is transgender? Uh, transgender, that is the new term um, that we've used now. This is the new terminology they call uh, people who are born of one body but who are actually of the other body. And um, I've just spent most of my life correcting my body to conform. I was born as a female, uh, but I'm actually a male, uh, true th- through and through. And it's taken me quite a few years to correct my body as such, and I'm so proud of it. Awesome, Kapai Piri. Right, I'm not going to keep you up any longer because he needs to go to the court um, and I'm going to go and watch Piri play tennis. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm going to be your cheerleader. <laughs> Day two of, uh, of the tennis uh, for the two th- for the second Asia-Pacific Out Games and I'm here with uh, Kevin Honui. Kia ora, Kevin. Kia ora, ko Kevin Honui tōku ingoa, uh, i te toho tōku pāpa no tūhoi nā te kahununu, uh, me te whāna apunui. Uh, te taho tōku māma no uh, nā te rangi āti hau, uh, nā te tūwhare toa hoki. Uh, nō reira tēnā koutou, katoa. Um, for the outgames, I'm part of the organising committee, so the outgames is a... Uh, a festival of arts and culture, conference and sports, and today I'm playing tennis and competing in the tennis competition. Kia ora, heuri anō tēnei nō te aupauri tūpare tō ki whakarui. He kai mai anō ahau ki Waikato, te parewānanga o Waikato, kei konei ahau ki whakataitai, ko tī tōku ingoa. Kia ora kōrua. Um, Kevin, if we can start with you, the opening ceremony was on Saturday for the Out Games. Um, how has the atmosphere or the the, the the wairua, if we could call it that, within the um, Out Games this year, compared to the first one? It's only the second one. Well, the Out Games this year, particularly it being held in, in Aotearoa, and uh, it started on Saturday with a uh, pōhiri and opening ceremony, and the atmosphere and the... Um, 
the occasion the people were on such a high people from uh, over 26 countries um, are visiting and so on on Saturday we had a pōhiri uh, at uh, Te Papa and uh, they saw there how um, so respected uh, Tikanga Māori is um, they, uh, I've had some comments back from people around the process of the pōhiri itself, the whakake, the karanga, the, the whaikōrero, um, the waiata, uh, all those things that uh, are part of our traditions on the marae, and they were profoundly um, affected by, by the way in which our culture is a part of the outgames culture, and that's the outgames culture is also a part of a now New Zealand culture. So those were things um, So Dee, could you explain in your, in your, in your mihi uh, in your mihi tuatahi that uh, you were at uh, Waikato University? What do you do there? I'm a marketing and the marketing recruitment advisor for the University of Waikato and so my job is to promote uh, education, tertiary education to Farukura uh, and Kurakaipapa. Oh, kapai. So how long have you been doing that type of mahi? I've been at the university for 10 years, and this one I've been doing it for about two and a half, three years. Mm. Now, to people who possibly haven't heard of the Out Games, what are the Out Games? Yeah, I probably am one of those people, and um, <laughs> my introduction to the Out Games was simply a friend of mine uh, wanted to play a game of tennis and uh, asked if I was interested in coming. Uh, I said I, I was, and we're here. So, um, kia, kia mōhi o tūturi o Ahihara te kaupapa, it is for gay, lesbian, transgender? Tātou katoa. Tātou katoa. Tātou katoa. Tātou katoa. Te ao takatāpui, tāne mate wahine, wahine mate tāne, te katoa. So, um, not, I mean, this is, um, you're, we're in the tennis, uh, Renolf's Tennis Centre here in Wellington, so not only is it a way to, I suppose, tanga to come together and to celebrate a culture, but also to get your, get your game on. <laughs> yeah, I think there's one thing that when you come to um, an event like this, I think the one thing that we have all in common is our nature, and our nature is te takatapui. And so you don't often get an opportunity where we're with our own people, where we can relax. And it's good to see that tikanga Māori is contemporary enough to exist in this contemporary environment. So it doesn't just exist on a marae, it doesn't exist at a whare tūpuna, it can exist in our world. So it, it makes being Māori being as important as it is to be who we are, whatever you are. Given that we have guests from overseas coming to Aotearoa, some maybe for the very first time, do you think as, as Māori, Kevin and Dee, do you find yourself you need to explain perhaps some of the tikanga, some of the issues? Well, what are the issues? I guess uh, what they, they like to see is, um, I'm not too sure what they like to see, but what they do see are uh, us living as Māori mm-hmm. and us living as takatāpui and us living as people that they can relate to in terms of their, perhaps their sexual identity or their gender identification. Have some of the manuhiri, I mean, I'm just using this as an example, have some of them said, oh, what's the purpose of a karanga? What's the purpose of a whakaheke? What's the purpose of mm. the pōhiri? Mm, mm. Uh, yes, they have. And um, part of the process with the, the outcomes, we tried to provide some explanation um, prior to them about the importance of the, the pōhiri.
how it was a, a sacred ceremony and the uh, roles that we play um, in terms of that ceremony and also the role of the hosts in determining how that process um, should be played out. Um, so there are so there have been some very very interesting I guess observations made by our visitors. Um, however, I haven't heard too many comments from them personally just yet. But um, I do know that what the, they were very moved by by the experience, even though they couldn't understand necessarily Nakorero Iputat. The Outgame seems to be quite a well-oiled machine. You can go onto the website, there's like timetables for everything right across Wellington, to Porirua, to Kilburnie, to... Does it take a lot of organisation? Aye, aye. <laughs> Thank you for that comment, that it looks a well-oiled organisation. Ahua nei nei. But uh, like anything, with a, a, a big um, event, there are... There are lots of things to take care of organisationally, people to, to help to, to manaki that kaupapa. Mm. Mm. Kia ora, kia ora, Kevin. Dee, what have been some, I mean, I know it's early days, really, you've got a few, you've got the rest of the week to go, but what have been your standout memories so far within the Games? I think my highlight would have been highlight. at the very start, um, at the Pofiri. And when you asked um, earlier about, you know, did anyone ask what, what was happening, um, there was a very simple, basic but really good um, delivery made by staff from Te Papatongarewa. And so they uh, were explaining what was happening, why it was happening, in a very simple form um, to the hundreds that were there. Um, and so the delivery of the porphyry was outstanding. And, you know, it didn't matter where you came from, whether you're Māori, whether you're non-Māori, you felt that sense of wairua, that you get when you hear the karanga right from the start. When you hear the karanga and you get you know, pins and needles, that was a great start for the gay games. Uh, sorry, for the out games. So since then, it's been nothing but uphill. So it's been a great experience because, you know, we as Māori and New Zealanders don't often get the opportunity to have and gay have these events. So we soak it up and we really enjoy the ambiance because. You know, regardless of how bad a day you might have had, or maybe some of the things might not have happened the way that you wanted to, you really focus on the great things about it. And it's delivering a good venue, good organisation, and being with a group of people that you've never met who have become quite good friends with you. So it's Tuesday today. I'm uh, Obviously, we're, you guys are going to be playing tennis today. Today, yes. Um, how are the semis, finals, and, and the rounds happening? The... I think that we're progressing in some areas uh, that some finals are being played right now. Right. So, so we're getting to those those stages okay. right now. Kia ora, Piri Te Wao, Dee Isaacs and Kevin Honui. In future editions of Te Ahika will feature more coverage from this year's second Asia-Pacific outgames. Don't forget we've got additional info on our webpage at radionz.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika or why not peep out our Facebook? Click like us, and you'll get our weekly updates. Aneira, a wee paratanga toko no tauranga moana with this week's Fakatoki. Tangata akoana i te fare, te tūranga ki te marae tauana. A person who is taught at home will stand collected on the marae or meeting house grounds. Ko te tikanga kia hau, ki te ako koe i te kainga, 
me kawe aua pūkenga ki te marae, hei tūranga mana mo te hapu. Arā no he whakamārama, kia kahatātau te ako i ngā mahi i te kāinga, tuatahi. I te mea, hei tō wā, ka tūkoe i te marae, mā aua akoranga, ka tae e koe, te awhina i te hapu. To me, this whakatauki is all about learning. Firstly, learning at home and then using using those skills and knowledge on your marae to help the wider hapu and whānau. Kua ea tō tātou hōtaka mō tēnei wiki. That's another Te Ahikā show for this week. Next week, Marae Rakaraku is at the memorial service for the late historian Judith Binney, and I talk classical music with Elizabeth Marvelli. Before we end the show, we extend our well wishes to the whānau of Japan, who suffered tremendous loss from last week's devastating earthquake and tsunami. Katsuguna e mātou te aroha kia koutou. Kita mato kaira wiki wiki nga mihi kinga kai korero mote hotaka nei namihi kia koutou hoki mai hei tera rātapu mai te whanua tiahi ka kia tato katoa maudi ora.